With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, January 26th, and we are here to help you take the mystery out of your financial life. All you need to do to make that happen is send us an email with your question. The email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Uh, you know, Mark and I are both certified financial planners, and we rely on that not to do anything except to help you out. And it also means that we sort of think things through in a slightly different way. So uh, we're not business journalists. We are actual CFPs. And uh, I just happen to have a side job at CBS News. No, really, that's my real job. Um, all right. So please send us your email. And if you'd like to join us on the program live, let us know that as well because we sure would love to hear from you directly. That's always better for us. Okay, now let us get to your questions. Kathy writes, Dear Jill and Mark, the first thing I do is listen to your podcast in the morning while I work out. I appreciate your straightforward and sincere guidance. You make it sound so easy, and many of the questions are similar to mine, but I still need help. I have a 403B with Equitable. By the way, Equitable is a big insurance company. Okay. I signed up when I was working and raising my kids. I never did any research on the options available through my workplace. So now after realizing the high fees I'm paying, I think the right move would be to roll over the money when I am 59 and a half. I am 58 right now. I also have a traditional IRA with American Century. Thank you for your dedication to helping people like me. I have two questions that I wish I could actually ask you live, but I presume what you're saying is, are you still working at this place with this 403B? Is that what's actually happening? If you are still working there and you roll the money over, does that mean you are no longer going to use that 403B? Because sometimes even though it's a rotten option, it's the best option you have. Now, if you no longer work there, you can roll it over anyway. You can roll it over right now. You don't have to be 59 and a half. You know, American Century is not a, a bad company necessarily. I, I would just go into one of the big firms that does what I consider the lowest cost investing possible. So that means Fidelity or Schwab or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or T. Rowe Price. If I'm missing something, Kathy, you got to send me another note because I, I don't want to presume something, but I think those are the two areas that, you know, you would want to consider. Okay. All right. Next. Lindsay says, I'm 37. I'm single. 
And I want to get your advice about how to juggle three priorities. Uh-huh. This, by the way, is my favorite question because it is, you know what the three priorities are, the big three, as I like to call them. And Lindsay says her three priorities, paying down debt, being on track for retirement, having a healthy emergency savings. Lindsay says, I make about $108,000 a year and I'm paying down my last bit of credit card debt. I should meet that goal by the spring of this year. And at that point, I will have an additional $1,200 a month. And I just don't know how to allocate it. Student loan debt, personal loan, build up savings. I don't have any savings to speak of. I have about $130,000 in retirement accounts. I'm only putting in 2% right now because I'm prioritizing that credit card debt. Any guidance is greatly appreciated. Lindsay, if you actually have a match through your employer, I would put it up to whatever percentage the match comes in at. So sometimes it's 5% or 6% or 4%. I just want to make sure that that's the case. I like the idea of paying down debt a lot, but I would say that in this day and age, in the midst of a pandemic, I really like an emergency reserve fund. So credit card debt, you know, I know it's high interest. Uh, I get that you want to pay that down, get that emergency reserve fund. So for me, you can pay down that credit card debt, but then all the money goes into the emergency reserve, whatever, you know, as long as you don't have a higher level at the company for matching purposes. And I wouldn't pay down that student loan debt because hopefully you're in forbearance. Um, And I certainly wouldn't pay down a personal loan. So credit card and emergency reserve fund, those come together with retirement. Once you get the emergency reserve fund, again, that is six to 12 months of your living expenses, then and only then should you start to pay down your other debt. And again, if your student loan is in forbearance right now, basically no payments due till the fall, you should wait. You know, you should really just stockpile some money. And I'd need to know details about that personal loan before I told you to pay that off. But that would be the last thing I paid off. I hope that helps. All right. Next, Michael is writing and says, we are retired. We live comfortably on Social Security, required minimum distributions, plus a little more. Okay. Due to investments, our net worth continues to grow. Oh, what a problem. Our only child and sole heir has a family income exceeding $250,000. They're very comfortable financially. Our IRAs have about $700,000 in stocks, $300,000 in convertible bonds. The rest of our net worth of $2 million plus is roughly 75% cash, 25% personal property and real estate. Gosh, the issue is tax planning. Okay, since the kids are in a much higher tax bracket than we are, we've begun transferring about 100,000 and 150,000 from IRAs to Roth IRAs, right? So this is getting the money out of a pre-tax environment into a Roth environment. So you've prepaid your tax today. Our logic is while maintaining a comfortable safety net, we're taking the tax hit at our lower rate and we give the kids a little more flexibility with withdrawals of the money, especially after our estate makes certain charitable bequests. We feel pretty comfortable with this decision. Thought it might make sense to seek a higher authority yourself to ensure we haven't left an important consideration out of this matter. Your comments would be appreciated. Mike, I love the idea. 
it's a great idea. You know, a lot of families um, are starting to think about this. It's multi-generational tax planning. It really is something, I know it sort of sounds like, oh, it's only a rich people thing. But if your parents are in a lower tax bracket than you are, and you believe, as Mark and I believe, that tax rates are only going to go higher in the future, yeah, this makes a ton of sense. It's it's sort of the same philosophy that um, you would apply to, say, um, even getting out of savings bonds, right? That someone's in a lower, like the whole, the older generation is in a lower tax bracket than the next generation. I think it's a great idea. So absolutely would do that. Okay. Eric says his subject, this is, must be our most frequent question. Will I be able to retire? Okay, here we go. I'll be 56 and a half at the end of the school year, my 33rd year in the classroom. I would like to separate from the school district when I turn 59 and a half. Okay, so three years. And I feel like I will be able to live on about $60,000 a year at that time. When I retire, I'll be debt free, no mortgage, plan to work part time just so I can keep my benefits until age 62. Now, at that time, my pension and social security will kick in. The pension is $3,200 a month, social security, $2,000 a month. Okay. So this is what he says. He says, I can live on this 60 grand a year. So let's think about this. You have a pension and social security of $5,200 a month. And that's, you know, obviously a little bit more than $60,000. Of course, that's taxable, right? So I don't want to make that sound like, oh yeah, you're done. But let's say a large majority is done. Let's see what else he's got to fill in the gaps. Condo's worth 250, it's paid off. He's got a Roth IRA worth 66,000. He's got a brokerage account with Vanguard about 20,000. Uh, he's got a 403A, which is a deferred comp through his uh, municipality. It's got 600 grand. Wow. And another bit, uh, 15,000, an annuity. And he says, I'm going to roll everything over to Vanguard. Do you think I have enough to work part-time at 59 and a half to 62 and to be able to cover benefits until 65? I'm single with two grown children that will need, I bet this is a typo. I think he means that will need no financial help. Eric, here's the thing. I think you can do this. Obviously, every year you teach, it's better. I think what would be interesting is that you, if you're willing to work part-time, why are we doing it until 62? Cover benefits until I reach and be able to, wouldn't it be better to do this till 65 to get the benefits? I don't want to go crazy. You got plenty of money. You can do it. You can do it. It's a long time. The longer you can stretch that part-time aspect of it, I think the better you'll be. But you're fine. You really are. Okay? good. Karen writes, my husband has been in a nursing home for over a year. Oh, God. The monthly cost is $11,000. That's a month, ladies and gentlemen. I have to pay the bill each month with money transferred from our retirement account. I'm 64. I'm still working. I earn about $40,000 a year. My husband turned 69 in December. We started his social security benefits early this year. We've got about just under a million dollars left in our retirement account. Should I be concerned about outliving our retirement money? I was hoping to retire when I turned 65 in October. I have not been able to find a resource to help with the nursing home bill. We live in Minnesota. If you have any thoughts, I would appreciate it. Karen, this is a terrible story. 
obviously $11,000 a month is insane. In some respects, this is so incredibly disheartening because it's the you are the that weird donut hole for long-term care. Married couples who've got, you know, about a million bucks, one gets sick and then you start depleting the money for the healthy spouse. I would be looking at social res, uh, social service resources in Minnesota. I would talk to an attorney to make sure that you have all of your ducks in a row in terms of what money is available and what's not available. I don't know about any resource to help you with a nursing home bill. Usually these places allow you to keep a certain amount of money and your residence for yourself, for the healthy spouse and spend down the rest before you would qualify for Medicaid. But man, this is a terrible situation. I don't think retirement at 65 is going to probably work out for you because I think you need the money. Yeah. I mean, Mark says maybe we should think about a reverse mortgage. I'm just worried. A reverse mortgage of we would be basically tapping the equity of your home and using that to help with some of this. But I tell you what I would do. Let's do this. Karen, do me a favor. Get in touch with a financial planner. I think somebody needs to help you come up with a game plan. And a reverse mortgage could be incorporated in this, but I would feel much better if someone ran these numbers and walked you through that process, but not that I would not want you to do that on your own. So, um, mm, 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 mm. that's a bad one, Mark. Uh, you can go to the CFP board has a website called let's make a plan.org. You can also, uh, check out the NAPFA website, N-A-P-F-A.org. You can check out uh, the sponsor of our radio show, which is called facetwealth.com. So sorry. Um, Okay. Well, this is a downbeat note to end this program, this episode, but uh, this is real life. And, you know, I, I feel terrible when I hear these stories and It is always sobering to remember that weird, bad things can happen. It doesn't mean you should live in that weird, bad world. It means that you need to address it and be able to think about it, make a plan for it, and then you can stop thinking about it. So very happy that you got in touch with us, Karen, and um, let us know if there's anything else we can do. Okay. Okay, gang, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain that physical distancing, Try to do something nice for someone else today. If you've got a financial question, just shoot us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks.